When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the
Good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church. You may sit down if you want. I know you're going to have to stand back up in a minute. All right. <laughs> but I'm going to be easy. Okay. <laughs> this is Thanksgiving and we're, we're thankful you're here. Thanksgiving, I guess, lunch starts today. It seems like turkey continues on and on and on. And, and I'm ready in about two weeks for a good old hamburger. But anyway, you are welcome to stay and enjoy Thanksgiving lunch with us as a church. This is, um, this is the time for Americans to be thankful. And the day and the weekend, actually, Thanksgiving weekend, which starts right after deer season. I think that's purposeful, so men will be at Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know. Um, but as Christians, we're to be thankful every day. In fact, the Bible commands us to be thankful. Rather than mess up a quote, I had to print it off. Hebrews says, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. The Psalms is full of commands to be thankful to God. And so today, as Christians, we want to bow and be thankful to God. Bow with me, please. Father God, we are indeed thankful for you and for your son and the sacrifice he made for us and help us to be mindful of that every day of the year, not just during November. And we thank you for this time to gather together and worship as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll let you sit for just one more brief bit before we stand and read. Just so you know, our, our readings, our gospel reading and our psalm reading, come, they follow a liturgical calendar year. So we are today at the very end of that year because next Sunday we start Advent. So our readings this morning, when I first saw them, I thought it would be great if they were Thanksgiving kind of readings. But they talk about, because it's the last Sunday of the, the, the year for liturgy, they talk about Christ being our king, our eternal king. What a, he, it's not the end of the year, it's the beginning of his eternal reign as our king. Let's stand together, worship as we read uh, from John chapter 18. This is uh, just a great passage here. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. John 18, 33 through 37. Amen. You may be seated. When I 
Storms may come and 
Amen. Let's read aloud our psalm together, Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established, firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. Mightier than the thunder of the great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. Psalm 93. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm gonna sing wherever I go. God is for you. I guess I 
need to be singing as I come up. <laughs> yeah, great song, great worship this morning. It is, a, it is the season of Thanksgiving, and uh, as always, I am grateful for, um, for our people, for you, and today I want to express a special gratitude to John and Wu French for role modeling for us a 30-year long-term marriage. John and Wu, thank you all. Thank you all. Now, I know it's Thanksgiving, but I want to talk about Christmas for just a moment. Our choir is putting together some tremendous music. I've been listening to it at home. So as Terry uh, practices, and uh, this is going to be really good. So here's the reason I'm mentioning this today. On December the 10th, that's Friday evening, we'll have um, uh, an evening of Christmas music. So I want you to think today about your neighbors and your friends and your family you can invite to come Friday night. We'll have, we'll have, uh, they'll sing it again on Sunday morning, both of the services. But Friday night is really your opportunity to, to fill the room with people who may yet need to know Jesus and allow them to hear the gospel through the music. So if you start thinking about it now, put it on your calendar, invite some friends December 10. And come and be a part of the uh, of the, the great Christmas music. And if you need some energy, come to our house on the fourth of December, eleven to six. Drop in at your convenience. Terry's been up to up to her goodies uh, already, and uh, would love to have you at our house then. Um, Psalm one hundred twenty six. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping will carry seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Now, we sang the song a few weeks ago, bringing in the sheaves, well, these are not sheeps. <laughs> you know, they're sheaves. They're bundles. It's bringing in the harvest. And so life, we live life in the space between. Between what God has done and what God will do, 
And, and this is a life of grateful anticipation. Our remembering what God has done is the basis for our praying for his future intervention and activity in our lives. We live in gratitude for what God has done, and we live in anticipation of what he will do in the future. This is true every day, in, in everyday life, as well as it is, in, as it is with our redemption. See, we are, we are a redeemed people if we have trusted Jesus with our lives. We've given him the control of our lives. He has brought forgiveness into our lives. We are, we are a redeemed people. But that's not all of it. We are in the process of being redeemed every day as his spirit works in us to craft our lives increasingly into the likeness of Jesus Christ. But that's not the end of it. We will be redeemed, fully redeemed, one day when, when the clouds burst open and God establishes his forever eternal kingdom. We will be fully, fully, fully redeemed. And therefore, we, we live in this space between with, with, with grateful anticipation of what is to come. In the, in the space between, we count the Lord's blessings. This is the time we look back and we give thanksgiving. Our present faith and our future hope is grounded in the Lord's great deeds of deliverance in the past. The exodus looms large in the, in the remembering of God's mighty acts. The children of Israel found themselves in Egypt uh, in a friendly environment because of a famine. But soon the environment turned hostile and, and it became more and more laborious and they were inflicted with slavery and their burden was heavy. And on the backside of the desert, God spoke to a man and said to Moses, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell the Pharaoh to set my people free. And Moses said, da, 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 you mean what? <laughs> yeah. And you know the story. He goes before Pharaoh and Pharaoh refuses to let them go. And eventually, after the series of plagues, Pharaoh lets them go. And the children of Israel, under the cover of night, they make their way to the Red Sea. And here's this body of water in front of them. And behind them is a pressing army of Pharaoh. And they cry out, we would have just been better as slaves than dead by the sea. And God speaks through Moses. And Moses stretches out his arms and the sea opens and the people pass across on dry ground. And as 
Pharaoh's army is approaching quickly. The chariots get clogged in the mud and the water overtakes them and God's people have been delivered. And they celebrate this great deliverance of God. And when, when the children of Israel would think about God's mighty acts in the past, this release of his people from the bondage of Egypt is the, is the major picture of God's powerful work in their lives. Years later, they would find themselves in exile in Babylon, this time, this time because of their own unfaithfulness, this time because they had sinned and they'd fallen far, far away from God. But God would work an exercise in their lives that would bring about release from the exile and the return of the exiles and commemorating the return of Israel by the exiles. The, the worshipers would approach Jerusalem, Zion. They would approach Jerusalem with gratitude. And the psalm we just read is one of those songs of ascent that people would sing as they came to the city for worship during the festival times. And, and not only did they recognize God's mighty works, but the nations around them recognized that God has done a great thing in them, as he, and he continues to do great things. And, and all of a sudden, as these, these folks who are returning from the exile are approaching the city, the reality hits in. The Exodus story was their story too. They had been delivered. They had been released. They had been set free. And when you and I begin to reflect upon the great things God has done, it gives us confidence and it creates a longing for God to act in our time as he has acted in the past and is as we come for worship, we who are redeemed realize that Exodus story is our story too. We have been released from the bondage and the penalty of sin in our lives by the mercy and grace of God. And so in this space between what God has done, and what God will do. We count the Lord's blessings. And in this space between, we pray for the Lord's blessings. During the dry season, the desert is filled with these dry ditches. They're called wadis, but being from Arkansas, ditches make more sense to me. So they're just these dry ditches and the land is parched and it's unproductive and it's desolate. And then the rainy season comes. And when the rainy season comes, these, these ditches are filled with water and the soil around the ditches become productive and the people, the people are blessed. And, and, and it's, creates for us an image of God's care. And so as the, and God's restoration of his people, as the worshipers 
as they would approach the city, they would would prayerfully seek God's restoration. And so in this season, between what God has done and what God will do, we, we are praying for God's continued work. We're praying for God to work a blessing in our lives. We're praying for God to do again what he has done in the past, revealing himself in mighty ways and bringing about the, the salvation of many in our community. And, you know, when I think about just praying for blessings, I realize I, I personally, I cannot pray for the Lord's blessings without being aware of God's charge to Abram. You remember Abram, Genesis chapter 12, God's calling Abram, calling Abraham, and he says to Abraham, I, I'm going to bless you. Look up at the skies. You're going to have descendants like the stars in the skies. Look at the sand at your feet. You're going to have descendants like the sand at your feet. I am going to bless you. Most people just want to stop there. And that was actually the problem with the Jewish people and why they, in part why they ended up in exile because they just stopped right there. But that's not where God stopped in his conversation with Abram. He said, and through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Abram, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing and God's blessings upon us are not for us. God's blessings upon us is so we can be a blessing. And when I think about how God's blessed our congregation, it's not for us. It's for our community because he has blessed us to be a blessing to others around us. And in this in, in this space between what God has done and what God will do, our prayer, our prayer for the Lord's blessings is not for us. It's for your neighbor and, the, and your family members who do not yet know Jesus and for the poor and the hungry and the lame and the separated. His blessings, his blessings are to be shared. They are for our community. And life, this, this psalm reveals life in the space between as three markers. The first, the first of those markers is gratitude. Laughter, verse 2. Songs of joy, three times, 2, 5, and 6. And fill with joy in verse 3 are the gratitude markers in the text. Joy comes by appreciating what the Lord has done in the past. That's, it's, it's the look back. And joy continues by anticipating what the Lord will do in the future. It's, the, it's this space in between where we live in grateful anticipation. 
It is this space in between where we, where we have joyful remembering. It's good for us on occasion to look back across the span of our lives and to reflect upon what God has done for us and in our lives and through us and joyfully remember what God has done. It is our only response to God's faithful action in our lives is a response of gratitude. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives. You know, it, those of us who are in the room and who have already committed our lives to Christ, you know, we can go back, we can go back to the day when, Je- when we gave Jesus the control of our lives. And by the nudging, pulling, drawing of the Holy Spirit, we came to the place where we said yes to him because we believe the resurrection and we acknowledge him as Lord of our lives. And every day I, every day I go back, not every day, but every day that I do remember and go back to that day. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for his salvation in my life. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that he didn't, he didn't make me better than anybody else. I'm just grateful he made me a whole lot better than what I was. And I'm grateful. When you look back across the span of your life, I, I trust you are grateful. Joyful remembering. The psalm calls us to this joyful remembering. It also calls us to faithfulness. Here they are. They are in a land. They're sowing in a land that's been untilled for 70 years. And it was incredibly difficult. But to not sow meant there would be no reaping. And they would, they would sow with, their, with weeping as the imagery is. It's a, it's a sowing with tears. And the imagery of sowing and reaping is used throughout the scripture to encourage faithfulness. Paul wrote to the, to the Galatians, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You see, in this space between what God has done and what God will do, we are called to live faithfully, to walk with Him 
daily to trust him with our lives and to take those steps into sometimes the unknown because he asks us to take this step. And we know, we know we can trust him because the Bible is really clear. When he asks us to step in to that, into that unknown, one of two things are going to happen. We step out there, something solid to step on. We'll be right there. Or he'll catch us when we fall. You see, faithfulness. His faithfulness calls faithfulness from us. And, and so in this space in between, we must be faithfully sowing the deeds of our life that reflect his glory, faithfully sowing the seeds of the gospel so that it can reap a harvest of souls. And sometimes, sometimes faithful sowing is done with tears and weeping. You know them. You have friends like I have friends. You share the gospel with them over and over again. And yet, they don't say yes. And when you pray, you weep over them and you pray and, and you shed tears for them. Let me just remind you, if there's no sowing, there'll be no reaping. And we must faithfully sow the seed, even with tears and weeping. And the third marker the psalm paints for us is patience. Now, I know you just got really uncomfortable when I said patience. Streams in the Negev. In verse 4, and the, and the picture of planting and waiting, plant, wait, harvest, the agricultural picture, we're all familiar with plant, wait, harvest. These are powerful word pictures of patience, and each require a waiting. Whether God chooses to act suddenly with a with a flash flood that fills the ditches in the Negev, or if he, or if he chooses to act slowly, like the ripening of a crop, patiently waiting, we will not be surprised by his answer because we know he will respond. We know he will answer when when uh, um, the prophet Habakkuk, um, he, he, has a, he has a prayer request, a complaint, and he, he takes his position on the wall, and he, he sits on the wall, and he waits for the Lord's answer. And when, in some 
span of time. We don't know how long it took. But when the Lord answered, the Lord said, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. So here's Habakkuk on the wall. He's praying the Lord. The Lord gives him an answer, and the answer is, wait a little longer. <laughs> wait a little longer. But it's not passive waiting. It's active waiting. You see, when I get in a line somewhere, I was at the post office the other day, and there was a line. I'm thinking, can't you people move along a little faster? You know, that's passive waiting. But the kind of waiting the Lord asks us to do is active waiting. So we sow and we pray and we take steps of faith. We may not fully have his answer, but we move with the light we have. We move with the revelation he gives us and we actively wait upon the Lord, remembering that God is sovereign over the seasons physically and spiritually. And when we cry out to God to, for his, to do again his works, we wait. We do what he has instructed us to do. And we anticipate. The answer's coming. The answer's coming. So in the meantime, while we're, while we're actively waiting, in the meantime, we have grateful anticipation. Because the space, life in the space between what God has done and what he will do is a life of grateful anticipation. In gratitude, we look back and see how he's been at work in anticipation. We look forward to see how he will work. And for those of us in the room who are believers in Christ, this season of grateful anticipation daily recognizes his work in our lives, in the past and in the present. You see, this is the sweet, the sweet spot, folks. This is, this, is, this is the sweet spot where you are, where you are looking back to see what he has done and living in anticipation, the sense of excitement, the sense of awe, something's coming. Something's coming. God continues to be at work and it's the sweet spot of grateful anticipation for what God has done and what he will do. See, on one hand, 
on the one hand, we daily recognize his work. And, and eternally, one day, we will eternally experience the fullness of his grace. So our challenge today as believers is to take serious his call and work in our lives in the space between what he has done and what he will do. If we are grateful, faithful, and patient, he will work in ways which bring glory to his name in and through your life. You may not yet be a believer here today. And if you're not yet a believer, I want you just to look back for a moment to see what God has done. And when you look back, what you will see, you'll see a cross. You'll see the depth of God's love for you. It's demonstrated by Jesus dying on the cross. A sinless Savior for you and me. You see, it's not just a death in history. It's a death for you in your place. You look, look back at the cross and see what God did, you can look forward to see what he will do. And what he will do is promised in his word. He will offer to you saving forgiveness if you acknowledge him as the Lord of your life and confess in repentance, turn to him. See, what he will do is he will redeem you he will save you. He will forgive you. He will give you life. And it's not just any life. Jesus said, I came to give life and to give it abundantly. It's the best possible life you can live now. You see, out there ahead of you, ahead of you is a personal relationship with, the, with God who created the universe but did a bigger work. God who came and lived as a human being, died on a cross, rose victorious over the death just for you, just for you. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus now and forever. He's given it his life for you. So we're going to sing. And while we're singing, I'm going to ask you, if you're in the room this morning, and as a believer, you realize, you know, I've been wasting this time in between. And I've not been living it in grateful anticipation Maybe you just want to come kneel and pray. If you're a believer, you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you consider us.
We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us in the mission God's given us for this community and beyond. We'd welcome members now. But if you're, if you're not yet a believer this morning, I just plead with you to say yes to Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And come to the front and share with me your decision today. If you join us, if you join us online this morning, thank you for joining us. If you have a decision to make today, I would invite you to just click the I want Jesus in my life button. It's on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church. Or you make text or call me. This is my personal number, 660-890-4150. Call me. Text me. Let's have a conversation about the life you can live between what God has done and what God will do in grateful anticipation. We stand together to sing, and as we sing, if you're in the room and need to make a decision, please come now to share with us your decision.